Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Titan's Curse by the Gryden, Book 3, Chapter 8, I Make a Dangerous Promise. Blackjack gave me a ride down the beach, and I have to admit, it was cool being on a flying horse, skimming over the waves at a 100 miles an hour, with the wind in my hair and the sea spray in my face. Hey, it beats water skiing any day. Here, Blackjack slowed down and turned in a circle straight down. Thanks, I tumbled off his back and plunged into the icy sea. I got more comfortable doing stunts like that the past couple of years. I could pretty much move however I wanted to underwater just by willing the ocean currents to change around me and propelled me along. I could breathe underwater, no problem, and my clothes never got wet unless I wanted them to. I shot down into the darkness, 8, 10, 12 meters. The pressure wasn't uncomfortable. I never tried to push it to see if there was a limit to how deep I could dive. I knew most regular humans couldn't go past 65 meters without crumbling like a tin can. I should have been blind too, this deep in the water at night, but I could see the heat from the living forms and the cold of the current. It's hard to describe. It wasn't like regular seeing but I could tell where everything was. As I got closer to the bottom, I saw three hippocampi, fish-tailed horses, swimming in a circle around an overturned boat. The hippocampi were beautiful to watch. Their fish-tails shimmered in a rainbow-colored, glowing, perceptuous. Their manes were white, and they were galloping through the water, the way nervous horses do in a thunderstorm. Something was upsetting them. I got closer and saw the problem. A dark shape, some kind of animal, was wedged halfway under the boat and tangled in a fishing net. One of those big nets they used on trawlers to catch everything at once. I hated those things. It was bad enough they drowned purposes and dolphins, but they also occasionally caught mythical animals when the nets got tangled. Some lazy fishermen would just cut them loose and let them trap animals die. Apparently, this poor creature had been mucking around on the bottom of Long Island Sound and had somehow got itself tangled in the net in this sunken fishing boat. It had tried to take, it tried to get out and managed to get even more hopelessly stuck, shifting the boat in the process. Now the wreckage of the hole, which was resting against a big rock, was teetering and threatening to collapse on top of the tangled animal. The hippocampi was swimming around frantically, wanting to help, but not sure how. One was trying to chew the net, but hippocampi teeth just aren't meant for cutting ropes. Hippocampi are really strong, but they don't have hands, and they're not shh, all that smart. Free it, Lord, a hippocampus said when he saw me. The others joined in, asking the same thing. I swam in for a closer look at the tangled creature. At first, I thought it was a young hippocampi. I'd rescued several of them before, but then I heard a strange sound, something that did not belong underwater. I got next to the thing and saw it was a cow. I mean, I heard of sea cows, like mantis and stuff, but really, this cow with the back end of a serpent? The front half was a calf, a baby, with black fur and big, sad brown eyes and a white muzzle, and its back was all black and brown, snaky, with fins running down the top and bottom. 
like an enormous eel. Whoa, little one, I said. Where did you come from? The creature looked at me sadly. Moo, but I couldn't understand his thought. I only speak coarse. We don't know what it is, Lord, one of the hippocampus said. Many strange things are stirring. Yeah, I murmured. So I've heard. I uncapped Riptide and the sword grew to full length in my hands, its bronze blade gleaming in the dark. The cow serpent freaked out and started struggling against the net, its eyes full of terror. Whoa, I said. I'm not going to hurt you. Just let me cut the net. The cow serpent thrashed around and got even more tangled. The boat started to tilt, stirring up the muck on the sea bottom and threatened to topple onto the cow. Serpent, the hippocampi whined in panic, thrashed in the water, which didn't help. Okay, okay, I said. I put away the sword and started speaking as calmly as I could, so the hippocampi and the cow serpent would stop panicking. I didn't know if it was possible to get stampled on the water, but I didn't really want to find out. It's cool. No sword. See? No sword. Calm thoughts. Seagrass. Mama cow. Vegetarianism. I doubt the cow serpent understood what I was saying, but it responded to the tone of my voice. The hippocampi was still skittish, but they stopped swirling around me quite so fast. Free it, Lord, they pleaded. Yeah, I said. I got that part. I'm thinking. But how could I free the cow serpent when she, I decided it was probably a she, panicked at the sight of a blade. It was like she'd seen swords before and knew how dangerous they were. All right, I told the hippocampi. I need all of you to push exactly the way I tell you. First, we started with the boat. I wasn't, it wasn't easy, but with the strength of three horsepower, we managed to shift the wreckage, so it was no longer threatening to collapse on the baby cow serpent. Then I went to work on the net, untangling it section by section, getting lead weights and fishing hooks straightened out, yanking out knots around the cow serpent's hoop. It took forever. I mean, it was worse than the time I had to untangle all my video game controller wires. The whole time I kept talking to the cowfish, telling her everything was okay while she moved and moaned. It's okay, Bessie, I said. Don't ask me why, I started calling her that. It just seemed like a cow name. Good cow. Nice cow. Finally, the net came off, and the cow serpent zipped through the water and did a happy somersault. The hippocampi whined with joy. Thank you, Lord. Moo! The cow serpent nuzzled me and gave me the big brown eye. Yeah, I said, that's okay. Nice cow. Well, stay out of trouble. Which reminded me, I'd been underwater how long? An hour at least. I had to get back to my cabin before Argus or the harpies discovered I was breaking curfew. I shot to the surface and broke through immediately. Blackjack zoomed down and let me catch hold of his neck. He lifted me into the air and took me back towards the shore. Success, boss? Yeah, we rescued a baby something or other. Took forever. Almost got stampeded. Good deeds are always dangerous, boss. You saved my sorry mane, didn't you? I couldn't help thinking about Annabeth in my dream, crumbled and lifeless in Luke's arms. Here I was rescuing baby monsters, but I couldn't save my friend. As Blackjack flew back towards my cabin, I happened to glance at the dining pavilion. I saw a figure, a boy hunkered down behind a Greek column, like he was hiding from something, from someone. It was Nico. 
But it wasn't even dawn yet. Nowhere near time for breakfast. What was he doing up there? I hesitated. The last thing I wanted was more time for Nico to tell me about his mytho magic games. But something was wrong. I could tell by the way he was crouching. Blackjack, I said. Set me down over there, will you? Behind that column? I almost blew it. I was coming up the steps behind Nico. He didn't see me at all. He was behind the column, peeking around the corner. All his attention focused on the dining area. I was two meters away from him. I was about to say, what are you doing? Really loud when it occurred to me that he was was pulling a grover. He was spying on the hunters. There were voices. Two girls talking at one of the dining tables at the ungodly hour of the morning. Well, unless you're the goddess of dawn, I guess. I took Annabeth's cap out of my pocket and put it on. I didn't feel any different, but when I raised my arms, I couldn't see them. I was invisible. I crept up to Nico and sneaked round him. I couldn't see the girls very well in the dark, but I knew their voices, Zoe and Bianca. It sounded like they were arguing. It cannot be cursed, Zoe was saying. Not quickly, at any rate. But how did it happen, Bianca asked. A foolish prank, Zoe growled. These stole boys from the Hermes cabin. Centaur blood is like acid. Everybody knows that. They sprayed the inside of that Artemis hunting tour t-shirt with it. That's terrible. She will live, Zoe said, but she'll be bedridden for weeks with horrible hives. There is no way she can go. It's up to me and thee. But the prophecy, Bianca said, if Phoebe can't go, we only have four. We'll have to pick another. There is no time, Zoe said. We must leave at first. Light. That's immediately. Besides, the prophecy said we would lose one in the land without rain, Bianca said. But that can't be here. It might be, so said, though she didn't sound convinced. The camp has magic borders. Nothing, not even weather is allowed in without permission. It could be land without rain. But, Bianca, hear me, Zoe's voice was strained. I, I can't explain, but I have a sense that we should not pick someone else. It would be too dangerous. They would meet an end worse than Phoebe's. I don't want Chiron choosing a camper as our fifth companion, and I don't want to risk another hunter. Bianca was silent. You should tell Thalia the rest of your dream. No, it would not help. But if your suspicions are correct about the general, I have thy word not to talk about that, Zoe said. She sounded really arguous. We will find out soon enough. Now come on, dawn is breaking. Nico scooted out of the way. He was faster than me. As the girl sprinted down the steps, Zoe almost ran into me. She froze, her eyes narrowing. Her hands crept towards her bow. But then Bianca said, The lights of the big house are on. Hurry! And Zoe followed her out of the pavilion. I could tell that what Nico was thinking. He took a deep breath and was about to run to his sister's when I took off, take off the invisibility cap and said, Wait! He almost slipped on the icy steps. He spun around to find me. Where did you come from? I've been here the whole time. Invisibility. He mouthed the word invisibility. Wow, cool. How did you know Zoe and your sister were here? He blushed. I heard them walk by the Hermes cabin. I don't I don't sleep too well at camp. So I heard footsteps and them whispering, and so I kind of followed. And now you're thinking about following them on the quest, I guess? How did you know that? 
Because if it was my sister, I'd probably be thinking the same thing. But you can't. He looked defiant. Because I'm too young? Because they won't let you. They'll catch you and send you back here. And, yeah, because you're too young. Remember the manticore? There will be lots more like that. More dangerous. Some of the heroes will die. His soldiers sagged. He shifted from foot to foot. Maybe you're right. But but you can go for me. Say what? You can turn invisible. You can go. The hunters don't like boys, I reminded him. If they find out, don't let them find out. Follow them invisibility. Keep an eye on my sister. You have to. Please? Nico, you're planning to go anyway, aren't you? I wanted to say no, but he looked me in the eyes, and I somehow couldn't lie to him. Yeah, I said, I have to find Annabeth. I have to help, even if they don't want me to. I won't tell on you, he said, but you have to promise to keep my sister safe. I... That's a big thing to promise, Nico, on a trip like this. Besides, she's got... Zoe, go find Thalia. Promised, he insisted. I'll do my best. I promise that. Get going then, he said. Good luck. It was crazy. I wasn't packed. I had nothing but the cap and my sword and the clothes I was wearing. I was supposed to be going home to Manhattan this morning. Tell Kion. I'll make something up, Nico smiled quickly. I'm good at that. Go on. I ran putting on Annabeth's cap, and the sun came up. I turned invisible. I hit the top of Half-Blood half Hill in time to see the camp van disappearing down the farm road, probably August taking the quest into the city. After that, they would be on their own. I felt a twinge of guilt, stupidity too. How was I supposed to keep up with them? Run? Then I heard the beating of huge wings. Blackjack landed next to me. He began casually nuzzling a few tufts of grass that stuck through the ice. As I was guessing, boss, I'd say you'd need a getaway horse. You interested? A lump of gratitude stuck in my throat, but I managed to say, yeah, let's fly.